0: To Jets Nation, you're getting a general manager that is a relentless worker, someone that understands a winning culture, someone that is gonna strive to put a product on the field each Sunday that competes for greatness. We're gonna find passionate people that love the game of football, that hate losing more than they love winning.
1: Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Way Podcast. It's Jake, Sean, Lorenzo, coming back with another episode to discuss the latest with our beloved New York Jets. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight?
2: I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you guys?
0: Uh, I'm doing well myself. Uh, can't complain. Just living life, enjoying everything that comes with it. And enjoy the rumors.
1: A lot of rumors. Lots. A lot of rumors. and. Um, You know what they say, where there's smoke, there's fire. And hopefully that definitely applies to now. We will get into all the latest rumors surrounding the one and only, Deshaun Watson, whose name just keeps getting linked to the Jets. We'll go over the coaching staff that appears to be all but finalized. And we'll even dip into the draft a little bit with picks two and 23, all in this one episode. But first leave a like leave a like leave a five-star review on apple podcast definitely helps out the podcast leave a nice comment if you like what you heard if not it is what it is nothing personal but it'd be nice so we uh, we definitely appreciate all the uh listener support anyway so boys the coaching staff is pretty much set in stone we have obviously robert sala as the head coach as the coordinators we have mike lafleur We have Jeff Albrecht, that is LaFleur being the offensive coordinator, Albrecht being the defensive coordinator, and just recently this week, it was announced that Brant Boyer would be staying on as the special teams coach, a move that we have advocated for all season. We said no matter who the head coach is, they should look into keeping Brant Boyer. The special teams has been uh, pretty good to very good under his guidance since uh, taking over, I think it was, was five years ago, where... He even coached under Bulls. He's been here for Bowls, Gase, and now uh, Salas. So it's great to have some continuity there. Uh, some notable assistants before we get into the discussion, Miles Austin, longtime NFL receiver, is the wide receivers coach. John Benton, uh, who has 19 years of coaching experience as the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. And Long Island's very own. Uh, Shout-out to the 631, uh, Sean. I, I know – you and I have our roots to the six three one here on Long Island. Uh, Greg Knapp as the quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think they said that Denard Wilson was getting some looks to come back. I'm not too sure about that. Um, right now, it's listed on all the uh, on all the descriptions of the defensive coaching staffs. So it just says defensive assistant. So I'm sure that's still uh, being finalized there. So, guys, uh, is there any notable hires on the coaching staff that really sticks out to you, or is there any concerns? Because this isn't much of an experienced staff. This is a young staff, I think, other than Benton, who I said as the offensive line coach, a lot of single-digit experience uh, numbers next to their names. Is there anyone we're keeping an eye on, or you know, talk to me about that?
2: Well, first off, definitely happy that Boyer's back. As you said, this team needs some continuity, and that's that's definitely big. Um, It's definitely notable we have a quarterback coach now. Uh, it kind of sad we have we even have to say that, honestly. But it seems like a well-rounded staff. It, I've heard good things about pretty much all of them, but that's going to come with any higher. But I like where things are going, definitely.
1: I actually yeah. – Sean, hang on. I'm sorry, Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. I, I misspoke. <laughs> I feel like an idiot now. Rob Calabrese is the quarterback's coach. I saw a 25. I'm like, wait a minute. He's, they said he was 32. Rob Calabrese is the quarterbacks coach, not Greg Knapp. But Greg Knapp is supposed to be a good. He's the passing game. Yeah, he's the passing game, right? Okay, okay. So I got that one wrong. Ha ha. But Rob Calabrese. uh, you know,
2: yeah. I mean, it's still it's still huge. We have a person filling that position uh, after these last two years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Lorenzo. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: no, no, no worries. Uh, you know, a lot of things that I liked was obviously I liked the floor. Um, I'm interested in Ulbrich. Um, I haven't heard too much about him. I know he was the Falcons uh, defensive coordinator. Um, and they said, he, you know, the players like playing for him. You know, obviously, if Salah trusts him, um, that's all good there. I'm definitely interested in in the run game coordinator, John Benton. Um, He's an experienced guy. Um, I think he came for the 49ers um, as well. Um, so there's some, you know, there's some experience there, which I like. Um, and I'm interested in Greg Knapp as well as a passing game specialist. It seems like we have a lot of assistants and specialists like – having a job and, um, it'll definitely keep everybody in check and everybody, um, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. So I'm all good on the coaching, coaching staff.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of that. And, uh, one of the telling things that Salas said that stuck out to me about the coaching staff was Rob Calabrese, not, not Greg Knapp, but Rob <laughs> Calabrese, um, because he was on with Boomer and Geo in the morning. And obviously Boomer, uh, being from East Isle what the same town as Calabrese, um, Salah said that, uh, he sees him as a potential coordinator and that's stood out to me because if Mike LaFleur does a good job here, uh, for the next year or two, who knows he's probably moving on to a head coaching role somewhere in the league. So if he viewed that, that really, cause I, I don't know if, uh, you guys recall, but I even said on a past podcast, I said, we need to have a quarterbacks coach in here that we can kind of groom into a coordinator's role. So this way, if LaFleur does a good job, which we all hope is the case and he moves on, we have a guy in house and so we're going to keep the same playbook. We're not doing, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Wheel here, ah, excuse me. Um, so that was definitely a big thing for me. So sounds like uh Sala has a potential replacement for LaFleur if he moves on. Uh, just something interesting about Benton. Um, I saw something that he, that his quarterbacks have kind of taken a beating for the last couple of years. I know Garoppolo had some issues with uh, staying healthy and uh, a lot of injuries on the Niners offensive line. So it's just something to monitor there, but uh, you know, we all thought Frank Pollock was the best offensive line coach in the world. when we hired him. He molded all the Cowboys offensive linemen uh, from the point they were drafted and didn't really do much of that with the jets, even though I thought the, the offensive line was improved last year uh, for the most part there, there wasn't much development. Um, so that's that's where I'm standing there is there any other so the is the experience level a concern for you guys are you just kind of happy that we we have a bunch of different like Lorenzo said a lot of specialists where everyone seems to have a job and there's more voices being heard rather than just Adam Gase and uh, Loggins and you know just basically Greg Williams on the defensive side of the ball
2: yeah I mean I'm not really concerned at all it's Really too soon to tell, and you made a great point with the quarterbacks, coach. They need to provide like a pipeline of coaches. You know, teach them all the system, and that's really the goal. Because let's
0: just say Lafleur is not going to be here forever, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I definitely agree. Um, it's I, you know, just looking at the coaching staff in general, it's it's nice to see some guys with a good amount of experience, then it's nice to see you know the young guys you can mold into you know having more responsibility down the line. Um, I think that's. uh No, I think that's important as well.
1: Yeah, I do like the play-calling experience. I wasn't that high on Ulbrich, i got to be honest with you guys. I thought Chris Richard was the more obvious choice for us, but uh, Salah uh, obviously saw a different vision there. I thought Gus Bradley would have been great, but uh, he was hired by the Raiders. Um, It's funny because the Jets' website actually just talked to Gus Bradley about Robert Salah. I wish Bradley was joining him there. I thought somebody with some head coaching experience – I know Richard doesn't, but – Somebody with some head coaching experience on the staff would have been uh, a good plus to kind of give solace some pointers along the way, but uh, it's not the end of the world there. And uh, only time will tell with the staff and it's, it's hard to complain. It's hard to complain because we have to see the product on the field first. Exactly. I agree. Now, moving on. It was the week of the rumors boys. We had (laughs) left and right talks of Deshaun Watson at first, when we first talked about this, the biggest concern was him not accepting a trade to the New York Jets. And I even acknowledged that that could be a potential hurdle for us to get over because we are the Jets at the end of the day. Until a gentleman by the name of Armando Seliguro from the Miami Herald came out and reported that the two teams Deshaun Watson would like to go to was number two, the Miami Dolphins, and at number one, the New York Jets. So, it sounds like he is interested in coming here. Is what? What are we making of that? Or do you think Douglas makes the call? Or it? it it's it's a fascinating
2: topic. It, it definitely is. So, uh, I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts. Well, first off the bat, it's very, very, very interesting. And to the Joe, Joe Douglas question, he absolutely has to make the call. There's no, there's no wiggle room there. He has to do it. Um. In my heart of hearts, do I think we're his top choice out of all of his options? Because who really knows what his options are? It's going to take a lot. But in my heart of hearts, I don't think we're his number one choice, but I don't think he would mind coming here. How do you guys feel in your heart of hearts if he actually thinks
0: this is the place to be like his number one? Uh, I yeah, think he wants. I think he wants to come here. I think one of the things that I'm honestly concerned about is I know Douglas will get on the phone, but. How many first-round picks is he willing to give up? He seems more like a conservative, like building around the team kind of um, GM. But you know, we gotta wait and see. I, I definitely know that Douglas will get on the phone. I have faith in that. But I just don't want to get my hopes too up. Get my hopes um, up just just for him to you know kind of bail out or something like that.
1: I think what he did was he saw the teams that were most realistic for him to get traded to, mm-hmm. because obviously. I think he would love to play. Who wouldn't want to play for the Indianapolis Colts? They have everything in place but a, but a quarterback. Um, I, that would be attractive. Uh, the other team would be, I guess, the 49ers, but them not having as much draft capital or salary cap space as most teams, there, there really wasn't much of a way there. And uh, just to go off the report, I, I saw, and I'm sure uh, all of our listeners and you guys saw that Matt Miller said that that's not true. I don't want to kill the guy. I think he does a great job covering the NFL draft and the NFL. Uh, I know he's not with Bleacher Report anymore. I guess he um, is doing his own thing, which is great. But uh, I'm just going to respectfully say that's probably not true. I know Matt Miller is a uh, diehard 49ers fan, and I think he wants to kind of get Watson to the 49ers. And I think a lot of the the media has a grudge against the Jets for whatever reason. They seem to never want to see the Jets succeed, and – I could be wrong, but um, that's just my humble opinion there. Um, So that is an interesting uh, aspect of as well, because Woody Johnson is coming back and he loves splashy headlines. And I think what he could do is say to Joe Douglas, you know, we don't have a quarterback on the roster. What are we doing here? And at the end of the day, he has final say. And I think that that's going to be a a, a bigger factor in all of this. And if Watson's traded to a team, that's not the jets. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be really disappointed. There's, there's nobody to blame but ourselves if that's the case. It's not like he doesn't want to come here because that, that narrative's out the window. So th- that's how I feel yeah. on that. I definitely I,
2: agree. Yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong, Uh, especially that Miami seems to be the number two team or a team that could get him. That would absolutely set us back even more because we're in a division with Josh Allen and now Deshaun Watson. So And the Patriots won't suck forever. Yeah, and one thing about Woody, I mean, we've killed Christopher Johnson a lot on this podcast, but... <laughs> He deserves his credit for, he changed the structure of the head coach reports to the GM and the GM reports to him. And I don't think we should get just a player that Woody wants because he wants to grab the headline. I think we should get a player because Joe Douglas wants to get that player, you know?
1: Yeah. But this isn't just any normal player though, Sean. This no, no. Like
2: Believe me. Believe me. This, I know.
1: That's where we can't let, I get it. Douglas has a vision for the team, but none of that other stuff matters unless you have a quarterback. Yeah. All right. Look at the Colts. They're a quarterback away. Look at the Niners. They don't have the right quarterback. Look at the Rams. The Rams know that they made a catastrophic mistake giving Jared Goff all that money. Look at the Eagles. They're stuck. So if you don't have the quarterback, what else, you see what I'm saying here? So Absolutely. that's where I hope Douglas doesn't get stingy with these first-round picks because they're lottery tickets at the end of the day. And the odds of us drafting a player that's better than Deshaun Watson, it's you know yeah what are the odds yeah. of that with our history of drafting i get it douglas has this uh background and personnel but that's uh, just how i feel about that we can't be hugging draft picks and um, i agree you know i've killed my new york yankees for a while for h- hugging prospects and not going for it and you know not getting sure things and it's it bit us in the ass to be quite frankly and I, I don't want douglas to make that same mistake i want him to be aggressive and being you know, on these deals I yeah, agree. I, I, he, he has to be willing to agree. go there. So is the uh package still the same? Three first round. I would go four first round would, picks. And I, I saw Quinn Williams' name floated around. I'm sorry. A defensive tackle is replaceable in the league. I get it, he's an ascending player, but yeah. if that's the if that's holding up the deal, goodbye, Quentin.
2: <laughs> goodbye. It, it depends. I mean, there has to be a cutoff point, right? I mean, we're willing to go pretty far f- for Deshaun Watson, four first round picks. If that's is there. If that's it, uh, I'm I'm doing it. What what's your limits like? That's when it's when do we
1: draw the line in the sand?
2: What do you say if they ask for five first round picks? What do you say to that? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Wow.
1: (laughs) It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but if you really think about it, it's no first round pick this year, no first round pick next year, and no first. It's three years of no first round picks. I get it. The roster stinks, but. The idea is you're getting a player to really hide the deficiencies of not having, you get what I'm saying here, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I want to just emphasize to all of our listeners, Douglas is supposed to be this guru of the scouting department, right? And you know, why, why do we need first round picks to find good players? Why can't we find guys in those mid rounds that all the successful teams in the league seem to find on a yearly basis, Why can't we sign guys in free agency that are being undervalued by other teams? We have all this cap space. You can swing it. You could still sign Deshaun Watson. And I know Douglas doesn't really like free agency. I don't know if that's true or not. I think a lot of his not spending last year was part of the strategy heading into this year because he kind of saw the writing on the wall for Adam Gase, I bet, and uh, didn't spend a lot due to the might've been budget restrictions by the owner, but the NFL teams lost money this year and, uh, the salary cap is going to get lower. There's going to be players on the free agent market that really shouldn't be there, but the owners have no other choice. Their hands are tied. So it might have been part of the bigger scheme. So you still have all this cap space, and you still have those mid-round picks where you could still build a roster around the top five quarterback in the league. It, it can be done. It, it, it can be done. And if you're a good general manager, I think you you have to find a way to make it work, man. That's my answer.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, you're you're just going to you said what I was going to say in that a lot of those good teams like the Saints come to mind where they just find really good talent, second, third, fourth, fifth. You know, you can find guys that are valuable in the later rounds. And I realized that, especially in the NFL, um, there's a lot of diamond in the rough players. And if you're a good general manager, your job is to, you know, hire scouts. Do what do what you do do what you can do to find those players. Um, and you got if you have Deshaun Watson available in a trade, um, you gotta do whatever it takes to get him.
1: You know what's interesting is because when do we see a resolution here with Watson and the Texans? This this could go it's yeah. it sucks to a sense because let's say he's the, the Texans are playing hardball saying no we're not going to trade you. We're not gonna trade you. We're not gonna trade you. How do the Jets operate in free agency? If yeah. would that you know what I'm saying? Like it's tough because if we do all the spending and free agency to long, you know, long-term deals with guys that might affect our standing in the Watson Derby. We might buy ourselves out of it. And at the same time, let's say we don't end up trading for him. Oh shoot. We just saved all that money for nothing. I guess we're just going to tank again this year. So is there a particular deadline of dates for you guys or we keeping our options open? Are you willing to Hold back the spending if Houston's playing hardball.
2: Uh, if you really think you can get them, like, and you think you're on the track to get him, I could see that, but we can agree to a trade now just in principle, right? It can't be official until the start of the new league year.
1: Yes. Because that did happen with Al- everyone references yeah. it, but uh, I guess I'll do it again. It happened with Alex Smith, with the chiefs. Um, and, uh, I'm John, when, when he went to the Redskins from the chiefs, that's what yeah. happened. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, all the trade, I'm sure that DeAndre Hopkins trade was agreed on too long before that happened. That happened. Trades just don't happen. the 1st first- I'm sure the digs trade was agreed on too. That those don't just happen the first day of the new league year, I would imagine. So yeah, that that's a yes to your question.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to wait for something like that. So I, you would think they would, cause free agency does go fast in the NFL. So you would have to know before, you start a free agency because you have to have an actual plan. That's
0: my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Sean pretty much said it all. But when does free agency start? Mar- March 1st? Is that my correct answer? No. I, I think it's later in March. Yeah. Later March? Okay. I, think, I mean, I, I think 16th it's the sec- or
1: 17th. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: It, yeah. yeah. I think it's around there. Sean's right. So you possibly have two months to kind of gain some traction. Like that's a good amount of time. Either you know you're getting him or, just see that it's too much you know you don't want to give up too many picks whatever the case may be but or they're not trading him but two months is enough time for me at least to know you know what your plan is you kind of have to know your plan before free agency starts you know doing your draft scouting as well like you kind of have to have a plan at least in the next month or two
1: how wild would it be if we get to use the second pick in the draft and still get this guy like that would be but it, it really is a fair argument because let's say this saga continues up until the draft and you're sitting there at number two. What do you do if you think you can get the Sean Watson? You're not just going to draft the quarterback and then trade him to the Texans. What? I'm serious. Like what this is a really fascinating situation here, and this could the Texans have the right to do this. Teams, I guess uh, it's Deshaun Watson. It's not any other play. If Jamal Adams could be traded after the draft, I'm sure Deshaun Watson could be traded. But the list of suitors will go down. It would behoove the Texans, right, to get something done before the draft. Like,
2: wh- what do we do? If, if the saga is not revol- seriously, though. that's It's very, very tough. That's a pretty tough spot to be in. You're there on one side. you your franchise quarterback. On the other side, you know, your franchise is in a totally different spot without a quarterback, and you're probably taking one at two and then if you think you're getting him are you taking you're not taking a quarterback at two or maybe you have some deal with the texans like it's just it's a very complicated problem and you're right it's it is fascinating and and just the overall prep for the draft too right because yeah. i'm sure you're going to be
1: scouting so you see what i'm saying here it's like we're going to be scouting all these quarterbacks doing all this work on quarterbacks on and then Deshaun becomes available we tear that up and or the opposite happens we think we're getting Deshaun and we don't know these guys and we're sitting there with our we're sitting on Man. our hands pretty much so literally yeah trying to find the appropriate words to use there uh you know we are a family show at the end of the day
0: uh one thing I wanted to bring up too is that like you think the Texans hire a coach if they don't know what they're doing with Deshaun Watson like who's gonna be their coach if they realize like you know they don't have a top five quarterback um, on their roster
1: well first things first if I'm Eric Biennemi I don't even give them the time yeah. I don't accept that job uh. I mean you're Eric Biennemi you have the- Leslie Frazier is a different story because let's be honest Leslie Frazier is a good football coach he's already been a head coach in the league you usually only get two chances at it I haven't heard Leslie Frazier's name rumored for any job where Eric Biennemi has gotten Biennemi bound to get a job eventually I don't care how bad he interviews or whatever I mean if you interview for enough jobs every year you're bound to <laughs> You're bound to land one. So, if Deshaun Watson's not on the Texans, I'm. This is the worst job you could possibly have in the NFL, because if they went four and twelve with Deshaun Watson, then what the hell are they going with anybody else? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess the smart money would be on Leslie Frazier, um, who they had in for a second interview. Uh, so, I they even said Schefter. Schefter came out and said, no matter who the Texans hire Deshaun's not going to change his mind. So that, that's to answer yeah. your question. It doesn't sound like there's any changing of, of Watson's mind. Maybe, maybe Robert Sala was the guy he wanted all along. <laughs> Who knows? It, it, they just come. I don't know how you could screw the situation up so badly. And if I was, if this happened with the jets, I would be furious. I'd,
2: I'd be ready to find the new team yeah. to root for. If, if you could be
1: this incompetent.
2: Yeah. I feel bad for Texans fans. Did they have any? I don't even know any. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously.
1: They they allow fans back in the stadium. That would be a cool stadium to go to. And, and the Jets play the Texans next oh, year, man. too. They go into Houston next year. I wonder wow. if that goes into the Texans' though. If you're the Texans, though, I, I forgot who said it. Someone made a great point. But you almost have to trade them to the AFC because all the best suitors are in the AFC. What, what other suitors could give you a better deal in the NFC? Can you think of any? No, I, I personally can't, other than the Niners, maybe other than
2: them, even though like Bears. I don't know. It does feel like a two horse race because no other teams in the league have have draft capital like the Dolphins or the Jets right now. So it does really feel like it's it's them two and nobody.
1: I don't think I don't know if Miami is that interested, man. They just brought in that guy. Fry to work with Tua because he's got the background with Tua. I think what Miami going to do is they're going to draft Devonta Smith at three and try to get the most out of the investment of Tua, which I think is pretty asinine, but from all indications, they, they seem to be sold on Tua.
0: Yeah, they seem pretty all in. And if the, if the bears try to trade for Deshaun Watson after passing on him in the draft, that would just be, that would just be pretty comical to me. But um, I really, I, I'm not, I'm not too sure on Miami either. I think they're pretty sold on Tua, and it's honestly it might be too tell to, you know, to know if he's really good or not. But you know they they're pretty much all in on him, which is interesting to see. Well,
1: to, to go off your point of comedy, you know why the <laughs> Miami Dolphins have been the draft, right? Yeah. Like um, maybe that should be some type of deterrent not to do business with them. I I don't know. Um, but and the Jets passed on. Deshaun to Watson too. Yeah. As funny as that is we did get two first round picks out of Jamal Adams, so we I can't we can't categorically, you know, unanimously agree here that it was a complete disaster. It's not like we drafted Mitch Trubisky or anyone like that. That wasn't the best of drafts either, to be honest with you. Outside of quarterbacks, I, that wasn't that wasn't the best one. Yeah. So it, it could be worse yeah. than Jamal Adams. And I, I f- wanted I, wa- I wanted Malik Hooker that year. I thought he was gonna yeah. be um Wow. One of the best safeties in the game. A lot of people liked him. So, you know, don't hate me too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's
2: the draft. But, you never know.
1: Yeah. But this situation in Houston, just to sum it all up, boys, it's it's not going away. If you're the Texans, you can't be tone deaf here. Like you, you have to act on it. And um, before we move on to our next segment, the big, big thing here that has not happened, he has not formally requested a trade. I, unless I'm I'm hearing wrong things, I, I haven't heard anything.
0: No, me neither. I so, haven't heard anything. Now.
1: So, a lot of this is probably his agent just kind of trying to force the Texans' hand. While I, it just doesn't seem like Deshaun's nature to become a distraction and you know talk bad about anyone in public. It's just not everyone's Jamal Adams going to Manish and uh ripping the coach because uh I thought Rich Tamini brought this up too. I don't know where he was. The Jets kind of botched the, the Jamal Adams situation last year. We should have traded him before the draft. That that's what ultimately should have happened. If but they they called his bluff and he wasn't bluffing. So if you're Deshaun Watson, how far are you going to go to get out of a toxic toxic situation? That's uh the uh, forty million dollar question. I get that's his uh, cap it next year <laughs> moving forward. So we we will. I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk about Deshaun Watson on the show, but. It was a hot, uh, hot topic. I feel like every day there's a new rumor. I, I could be wrong. Brandon Marshall got it all going. So I mean, Brandon, you didn't do much for the Jets outside of that one year. <laughs> so I guess this is making up for uh the lost time and all those drop passes you had.
0: He said he's coming back. Nah. No, no, <laughs>
1: keep him home. Keep him home. Keep him home. I'm I'm used to Brashad Perriman dropping too many easy passes. <laughs> Stay home, Brandon. But thank you, thank you for the support. That's. That's a good way to, to leave it off. So um, our final segment of the show, we're going to get into the NFL draft and the jets currently have the second and 23rd overall pick. So I guess we're going to start off with the biggest question, I think for the entire draft for the league is what are the jets going to do it too? Because that's really where the draft starts and this is going to create a big domino effect. And, um, I'm sure you guys all have your, your opinion. So I'm excited to get into it. So who's going to be on that draft card with the second overall pick or, or a trade who knows?
2: Uh, I think we know, uh, who, who my pick would be at two. Uh, it's, it's Zach Wilson. Uh, we've talked about it at, at great lengths on this podcast. It's more of a move off Sam thing. He has the option, uh, after this year's season. So, That'd be a huge hit, and you can't really depend on him to really turn into something worth that that amount of money. So, I'm down to reset the uh, reset the cap with the new with the new rookie quarterback, and let's roll with Zach Wilson.
1: Good.
0: Good. Um,
1: I'll, I'll ask him a question later. <laughs>
0: at I, I think if we do stay at two, and we that would mean we're trading Darnold. I would assume so, which means we're probably going. Uh, Mr. Wilson, there, and no, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be upset or anything. I think I would try to be as all in as possible, which means the floor and Salah, like him, in that offense. So um, I think that would be the most ideal person to take at two if we were staying there. So
1: let me ask you something. I, you said a lot about moving off Sam. So are we just taking any rook? Like, are we reaching for a quarterback there? Is it? Do you do no. you like Zach Wilson, or is it just you just don't want to see Darnold? We can't just be taking quarterbacks because we just want a new name back there. Or do you like stand by it? Do you like Zach Wilson no. enough, where he's the second overall
2: pick, or you just want Darnold out of here so bad? No, like one hundred percent. I think Zach Wilson has tons of potential. It's obviously Sam playing as bad as he did, like motivates me to want want to get a new quarterback, but like, like you say all the time, like do you really think a rookie could, could come in here and play better than Sam? And I think Zach Wilson could, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of a lot of different things that could happen in the off season, We have a lot of moves to make and holes to fill, but I think next year Zach Wilson could play better in the system than Sam.
1: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it's time to move. Uh, it just looks like it's time to move on. And as much as uh, we do wish Sam well, uh, I've been going back and forth of this all off season. I still think, I don't think it's a lock where I still think there's a chance Darnold will stay, but um, the smart money's kind of wiping the slate clean. And uh, this, this type of logic got us into the, the mess of not taking Deshaun Watson in the first place where we thought Christian Hackenberg could groom into a franchise quarterback or Bryce Petty. That, that didn't happen. And the jets passed on Watson Patrick Mahomes and we we know the rest um with with those quarterbacks so we can't afford we can't afford to make that mistake twice um I do think Darnold could have a good career where he goes I think even for Darnold I think a, a clean slate for him uh would be great I know we talked about where he could get traded uh last show but uh if it was up to me picking at number two I would take Zach Wilson I would lean towards him but I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion I know you want to talk about the fit in the offense but I could see the Jets sitting down with Justin Fields and being enamored by his leadership traits and the toughness he showed in that game against Clemson and, and playing in a national championship game where he clearly wasn't 100% and he battled and he's got a, he's got a little bit of an it factor to him Justin Fields I gotta say I do have questions about him hanging on to the ball for too long about his arm strength and i i think he's a little more system oriented i think the offense kind of has to be built around him but that's really the case for any good quarterback in the league so i don't think it's a foregone conclusion that wilson wilson's name will be on that card not fields but i'm pretty confident that it won't be uh trey lance from north dakota state i think uh, we we can all agree on that one so before we get into the 23rd overall pick i wanted to ask you guys If Is staying at number two an option if they don't take a quarterback? I saw Devonta Smith being mocked to the Jets by uh, Mel Kuyper of ESPN. So let's just say they don't trade out and they stay at number two and they don't take a quarterback. Who's the best non-QB, in your opinion, for this team? Who would you take if if you couldn't take a quarterback? Say the position's locked.
2: That is tough because I definitely would trade out of two if that was the case, but you're saying we're staying at two. Ooh, you could go I like Jamar Chase kinda uh too but that is and you could settle down the right tackle position with Seawell but it's are you really taking are you really taking a right tackle at number two overall you would move Becton to right tackle
1: you think so, so? Okay. Sewell is supposed to be he he yeah like he's real, supposed
2: like generational type he, yeah uh,
1: okay. not according to Daniel Jeremiah who has Rashawn Slater rated ahead of him but uh, unanimously Outside of him, I I haven't seen anybody have uh, Slater ahead of Sewell. So you would move back then into right tackle.
2: Uh that two tackles is a nice option, but I would go weapon. Uh I'd be fine with Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, but if I had to pick one, I'll say Jamar for now.
0: Uh I I think if we had to if we did stay at two and we had to take a non, or you know take a non QB, I think I'm going to lock down the offensive line. I think. You can find good wide receivers second, third round. Um, If you think this guy's a pretty much a a lock at left tackle, you know, it's always good to build that offensive line and and, uh, win at the line of scrimmage. So that would be my choice.
1: A wide receiver at two is so asinine, man. I I can't even get into, there's no way Douglas, there's no way if he wouldn't draft the receiver at 11 last year, he's not, he's not taking a receiver at two. I don't know what Mel Kiper was sniffing there, but it ain't happening buddy. And uh, in some universe where they don't take a quarterback and they are picking still at number two and they are thinking Sam Darnold could turn around, they better trade out of there. Um, Detroit wants to trade up for a quarterback. I'm sure the Panthers want to trade up even who knows, maybe the Atlanta Falcons, even though I'm not sure if they take a quarterback anymore uh, with Arthur Smith. I know Matt Ryan has a tough contract for the next two years. So uh, we'll see what they're doing there. But uh if I had to pick somebody that's not a quarterback, I would go with Penny Sewell, too. So that's uh, that's uh, where we're going to leave it off there. Now, this is where it can get a little bit interesting because there's not really a set answer for this one. I, I feel like there's like a set position for number two. We get into number 23, and this is the pick we got from the Seattle Seahawks for Jamal Adams. Thank you very much, Seattle. God knows. I don't even think Jamal, Jamal Adams is worth a second round pick anymore, let alone two firsts. Uh, maybe he's worth a second round pick. Who knows? But um, what position and is there any players that you have in mind for this twenty third overall pick, which I thought would be a lot later until you know it was it was
2: set in stone. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, this pick definitely depends a lot on free agency. Uh, so it depends if we address. We yeah, get like a Thuni from, from the Pats or a quality guard, that would be huge. But I would I would lean offense with this pick. Obviously, depends on who's there. Um, I think like a Tony out, out of Florida could be a nice compliment to Mims. He's small, shifty, fast. Because I was looking at like R- Rashad Batemans and stuff, but those kind of have similar sets to Mims. So I would go weapon, I think, and someone like Tony. I
1: Before you get into it, Lorenzo, I don't want to misspeak, but – I don't even think Mel Kiper had Rashad Bateman as a first round pick, but I I could be wrong. I I thought I looked at that pretty carefully, but let's just say, Sean, before we get into who Lorenzo has, let's just say like, what would you prefer them to do in free agency? Would you prefer them to sign Allen Robinson? And you know, that would change things obviously. So we'll get into it more next week with our uh, mock off season, a little spoiler alert to the loyal listeners out there uh, for next week's itinerary. But um you know, if it's up to you, who is Sean Kennedy picking at 23 on the date of
2: January 26th of 2021? Yeah. So, like, with the draft plan we're doing right now, I don't see an Allen Robinson signing up to play with rookie quarterback. Who knows? Uh, maybe we, talks, offer the top, <laughs> maybe we, all, we offer the top. Maybe we offer the top contract, and he takes it. But the it, Tony pick is like uh, assuming that we didn't sign a top weapon in a uh, free agency. So K- Kadarius to- uh, Tony out of Florida is Sean
1: Kennedy's pick. Yep. Say with some conviction. I like it. Kadarius <laughs>
2: Tony.
0: Yeah. Love. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, I actually agree with Sean. Like this pick is really dependent on what we do with free agency. Quarterback situation. It's really all dependent on that. Obviously. Um, if we don't sign an offensive lineman or don't take one at two, I like Trey Smith, uh, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, Trey Smith is from Tennessee. A weapon is or a weapon or edge rusher. Like as long as you're doing offensive guard or tackle, wide receiver or edge rusher, maybe even cornerback, like as long as we fill one of those needs or draft a, a guy in one of those positions, I'm 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 happy with that.
1: Yeah, you named a couple of second round guys possibly too that I've seen mocked in the second round. So at 23, it might be a little bit of a reach. Uh name that I didn't hear either of you guys mentioned. How about Travis Etienne out of Clemson? How about Najee Harris? We, or do we think, because I personally think that might be a little early for Joe Douglas, but if I was running the team, it, Travis Etienne is a special player. I'm just going to leave it at that. So do you guys think that's a little too early for a running back or, um, you know,
2: what are your thoughts there? I think someone like, uh, ETN could be like a good door for running back. So you could definitely sign me up. I mean, his potential is probably like being an elite weapon in the NFL. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And so- sign me up as well. I just don't, I don't know if Joe Douglas takes a running back in the first round. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I don't see it happening. I think he goes more of Jamal Williams in free agency or kind of draft a running back round two, round three. Um, I think he'll do something like that.
1: Yeah. I'd be so hyped if ETN was there. On the 34, <laughs> man, I think that would be the easiest pick we've, we, we've had to make in a long mm-hmm. time, but I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit with our angle with this pick. I think they need to address pass rusher really badly. Um, you're in a four, three defense. You need guys on the edge that are going to get to the quarterback. Uh, Terrell Basham, not getting it done. Um, I love Jordan Jenkins, but he's not changing the outcome of anything. The, the offensive lines don't need to scheme to stop uh, Jordan Jenkins. I would look for somebody that's a good fit for that 4-3 defense. I'm not a scout by any stretch of the imagination. N- none of us are scouts, so we're just fans, and we just kind of go off of what we hear. You know, the 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 college football that we've seen, um, you know, we obviously haven't seen all these prospects play. I don't think any just casual – unless you're – unless you're paid to cover the network, uh, the network, the league for a network or a team, you, you really haven't studied these guys. So in depth, uh, there obviously are some, but we're not, we're three people that just haven't. So <laughs> um, the guy I like is uh, the guy from Georgia, uh, Aziz Ojolari, supposed to be fitting the four three defense perfectly as an outside linebacker, edge rusher. Why, how about a guy like that? Um, you know, from the sec, uh the guy uh quitty Payne from michigan I, I he's been mocked higher but these mocks man at this point this point don't really mean much to me because so much changes with the combine uh, well there is no combine this year correct yeah I think no it. pro workouts yeah. or whatever it
2: mm-hmm. is yeah the straight pro days
1: that's why that's why the trading these first round picks i know we're getting back we're, we're getting off topic here that's why trading these first round picks this year is not the end of the world folks because We don't have – like, Jamar Chase didn't even play this year. You have so many prospects that didn't even suit up to play football this year for their colleges. What do we know from about these guys? That they run really fast in shorts at your facility? So, that's that's even more of a reason. But just getting back to the the subject at hand here, I would go edge or I would go cornerback. Our cornerback depth chart is absolutely pitiful. Pitiful. In a league that's pass first, you need to be able to stop the pass. I like the kid from – uh, South Carolina, J.C. Horn. I thought he had a nice. I, I saw. Uh, I think it was Auburn they played, and he stood out. And he only played a few games this year, so um, you know there is something there. So I would go corner or edge. I think those are more premium positions. So uh, what's what's everyone's rebuttal there? Because I just went the complete opposite from you two.
2: Yeah. Um, like Lorenzo said, um, a little bit earlier. Like as long as that pick is filling a hole, then you can sign me up for it, and. One thing you said about Mox, like I took Tony at with the Seattle pick, but he was he was like a late second round pick the last time I was looking at Mox, but now he's like flying up boards. So I was gonna ask you guys a question too after this one. Uh, if you've seen any other players like flying up boards?
1: Just to answer your question, he's definitely one of them. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I've seen a lot of guys fall on boards. To be honest yeah. with you. Um,
2: yeah, the edge out of Miami seems to be falling a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, they they like Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State, was rumored to was rumored to be like a mid round pick, uh, mid first round pick. Excuse me. Now he's falling out of the first round on mocks. I don't really understand that. Um, again, I don't I don't study the offensive line for for the college ranks. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll form an opinion, but uh, I'm not an expert here. So that that's a name I've seen fall, a big riser, probably to be honest with you. A little bit of Devonta Smith to be honest. like Smiths is really fast. I mean, we're seeing a mock to number two. I didn't see him. I've seen him outside mm-hmm. the top ten all year until the national yeah. championship game. But you guys could speak differently if if you disagree. What have you seen, Lorenzo?
0: No, I was actually going to say that like Devonta Smith before the season was like, yeah, he'll be there in the teens, Uh, kind of like, and and everyone just assumed Jamar Chase would be the number one wide receiver taken. But, you know, this college football season, obviously people holding out, Um, it's changed a lot of mock drafts. So I think that's a really good point that you brought up, Jake, was that like, a lot of these, some of these guys haven't played in, in a year. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of hard to, to do the scouting on that on two years of, of, of past tape. Um, I like the edge out of Miami at 23 if he if he falls I've kind of seen him in the Giants pick at 11 or sometimes even late first round so it's a lot of time uh, you know before the draft
1: yeah uh, another guy it doesn't really pertain to the Jets is Mac Jones seems to be a consistent first round pick now for all the experts Um, I I hope we're not considering I don't (laughs) think the Jets are considering him at number two who knows but he, I would be pretty surprised if he's not a first-round pick. I know the teams in the middle of rounds, like the, the Patriots seems to be the popular one or the Washington football team, but the Washington football team is a good fit for Sam Darnold, I think. But we'll, we'll have to see when the time mm-hmm. gets closer. Um, but it, a lot's going to change. Uh, like we saw Sean Wade, too, is an, uh, another guy who fell in the draft for some reason. I, I guess part of that's due to his poor performance in the college football playoffs. He was just getting cooked all over the field. <laughs> But there's a guy where before the season started was supposed to be an early first round pick, uh, you know, looking ahead to the season at, the, at all the mock drafts. He just constantly went down. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a guy, there's going to be a receiver that's going to run some absurd 40 time like John Ross did. Like, well, Metcalf didn't, uh, Metcalf, I guess, fell in the draft, I guess, from where everyone was mocking him. But there's going to be some freak at the combine, man, that's going to, Wow, a lot of teams that we are going to see in first rounds that we have not seen yet. It's either a lineman, wide receiver, somebody, somebody. I don't know who that person is, but somebody will win the t-shirt workout prize. That's uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to like say that. there. So we have, like, give me a name at 23. Like, just throw someone out there, Sean. So you, you like Rashad? You said all right. So you said Tony. Who did you say? i'm sorry (laughs) you said tony and lorenzo who'd you say
0: uh i said a couple names but i'll just go with uh i'll go with alex leatherwood
1: i do love my alabama tide i rolled uh, (laughs) (laughs) the crimson tide but i don't know because i thought leatherwood was going to be a high draft pick coming into the season and doubt like halfway through the season but he he's seemed to he's it's weird because I don't know if you guys remember, but last year, remember when Andrew Thomas was supposed to be like de facto number one tackle taken, and then once we got closer to the draft, he was falling out of the top ten, borderline top twenty, and then in the end, he was still the number one tackle taken. I don't know, did you? Would you guys agree with that? Or
0: yeah, I thought he's originally coming to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> but um, so Leatherwood to me kind of reminds me of him because he was a guy that was supposed to be. Like a top ten pick, and then kept falling. Then fell out of the first round. Now he's back in the first round picture. So I, I wouldn't hate that one. But they say he's more of a guard than a tackle. Um, just for your record. But the Jets need good offensive guards. Um, I also drafted him for my Madden rebuild for the Jets too. So <laughs> just, just a, a fun nugget there. Only a normal uh, player development trait, by the way. Um, I'd probably go with uh, Aziz Ojalari. Like I'm gonna say, I'm I want to prioritize. That edge position. I, I I finally want a guy that's going to get to the quarterback where we don't need the blitz every single time we want to get pressure. We can send four guys and get home and, and get some sacks and hurry the quarterback and force him to make ill-advised decision decisions. So um, that's, that's where I stand on that. So next week, like I alluded to earlier, we are going to do a mock off season. We are going to analyze the salary cap we're gonna look at cuts. We, even though we did that a little bit last week, we're gonna make our final decisions where we're gonna just share our thoughts with all you guys on who we're signing. We're gonna do each of us will do a, a simulation draft, so to say, on the famous NFL mock draft No free advertising, but that's where we're where they'll be held. <laughs> um, so it, it should be a lot of fun. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your guys' takes as always. So for Jake, Lorenzo, Sean, everybody be good. Leave us a nice review if you'd be so kind. And as always, Sean,
2: go Jets.